hey, if you grew up in the United States of America and you had to take a constitution test, I guarantee that when you were asked to write the preamble of the constitution, you were singing the song, we the people in order to form, right? You know what I'm talking about? Music has a huge role in learning. We're going to talk today with a composer, music director, a great friend of mine, Kurt Heineke. We're going to talk about music and learning, learning and music, learning music, anything related to learning and music on the Learning Geeks podcast, which starts now. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill, I'm a Bill on Capitol Hill. (laughs) That's the one I remember. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one too. That's a good one too. So we will we will get to that. But uh, hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome back. Yeah, happy holidays, happy new year. Well, happy new year, I should say, not happy holidays. That's past. That's past, happy right? This is. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Valentine's Day is around the corner, guys. It's, yeah, that's true, Dana. Hey. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking about. I got a big heart shaped card ready for you. Yeah. My birthday was yesterday, so you can wish me a happy holiday. Oh, we forgot. Happy birthday, Kurt. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah, I got to get that on my calendar. So. So who, who's that mysterious voice we just heard, Bob? Yeah, uh, this is. I would argue. I don't know if the most famous, but probably the most heard tuba player in the United States of America. Wow, I have not, <laughs> I have not heard that accolade. But, but you are. I mean, you've got to be if you think I, about it. Yeah, yeah, I, it's my claim to fame. <laughs> so, Kurt Heideke uh, has been, and I think continues to be, as long as things continue to be produced, the music director at Veggie Tales, probably his biggest claim to fame, but. Uh, he is an amazing composer and uh, screen composer uh, and a good friend of mine and a perfect person to come and talk to us about music and learning. So, Kurt, how, how is that for an introduction? Do you want to clarify at all? Feel free. I feel a little smarter now, yes. Um, <laughs> people use me as, yeah, he's the tuba player on VeggieTales. That's, you know, it, it opens doors. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, he played the tuba for Larry because Larry doesn't have hands, so I'm his stunt double, <laughs> and uh, I had to do that for him. So it, it is funny though that you know that's the first thing that comes up, and uh, but hey, if it opens doors, that's it's a fun conversation starter, and then we can talk more from there. Yeah, that's great. So Madam Blueberry is the one that my kids would always sing, and that mm. that was a great one to you know, stimulate some good discussions about. Yeah. What's, what's really important and what's not important. Yes, that, that was a favorite of ours. That was really the that was about show six. We've done like uh, thirty or forty in the original run, and that really, I felt like that took us to a new, opened up. Uh, that was the first time Mike Naraki, aka Larry the Cucumber, had directed. Uh, just a great story to it. A little more depth, a little more score, um, a lot of fun in it. And we, we got a lot of reaction from that one, just like you. It's like, man, that's just a good, solid lesson for anybody. We don't need more stuff. Yeah. yeah. Stuff Mart. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So listen, before before we get into too many deep cuts on VeggieTales, oh, sorry, sorry. Kurt, Kurt <laughs> let, let's take a step back, because not everybody who is in our listening audience has probably heard of VeggieTales and knows what it is. Do you want to give us a little bit of a background? Yeah. So, uh, boy, it's almost 30 years ago now. Uh, uh Two guys in Chicago, one was an animator and one was a video uh, producer. They had this vision to <clears throat> create a whimsical, fun, entertaining show that also had show, I should say video. 
that also had good quality life lessons that happened to be rooted in the Judeo-Christian tradition. And, um, and we started VeggieTales, and it's a talking cucumber and tomato. Well, at that time, when the first VeggieTales came out, this was still one or two years before the first Toy Story yeah, came so out. Yeah, so it's all computer animated. It's 3D, yes. 3D rendered. Uh huh. And so way back then, you don't have the rendering power that you have now. So, you know, Bob and Larry, they're limbless vegetables. They have no hair. They have no clothes. You know, they're just simple shapes, and that's why they were created that way is because that's something that could be animated in the computer. So it was actually pretty revolutionary back then because we were the first, once we started doing the series, we were the first uh, computer-animated series ever in the country, uh, let alone talking vegetables, telling, you know, biblical faith stories. Yeah, I remember uh, the, the marketing tagline that y'all used to use, which was, uh, what Sunday morning values and Saturday morning fun, I think. Exactly. Saturday morning fun and Sunday morning values. In fact, one of Phil's first um, premises was that we want to make this entertaining first, and then if the kids get a lesson out of it, great. Because everything they had looked at before then, it's like these stories were just hitting people over the head with just saturated in, in you know, Bible stories, and it's everything so serious, and... They're like, no, let's let's be entertaining and fun. And then if people get a message out of it, great. So, Kurt, what is uh, what's the role of of music then to teach concepts in Veggie Tales, which also comes into what your role is there and everything that you brought to the series? Yeah, well, both Mike and Phil just had very natural instincts for melodies and limericks. Mm -hmm. And um, I was working with them at a church at the time and they said, hey, we need some help. We've got some great ideas but we really don't know how to get these down on on paper or computer in that case. So I came on first as an arranger, producer, sequencer, and that sort of stuff. And then as the role grew, then I started writing and co-writing songs with them. And uh, the, I mean, our very first episode, um, you know, half of it is a musical. And that's just how these guys thought is um, limericks and melodies, simple melodies, and we find, as, as you all know, I mean, think about it, we hear music all the time, um, and it is so influential on how we remember things, how we memorize things. In fact, I'm working on a project right now. It's uh, teaching English to uh, Asian community, in this case, South Korea. Well, they take these children's books that are American, they read them to them, but we're writing a song for every book because we know that they're going to lock onto the the pronunciations quicker if there's a melody with it. So it's a proven fact. It just, it engages more of your brain, engages multiple parts of your brain. And because of that, you're memorizing, you're remembering more. So when we were starting, Dana, you, you were talking about an episode called Madam Blueberry, right? right. How that locked mm -hmm. in your brain and your kid's brain. Yeah. What, what, what was it when you, you know, it, it must've been 20 years, I'm betting, since you have seen that, but what, oh, what do you remember? Oh, I watched it yesterday. It's <laughs> <laughs> a refresher. No, yeah, it's not just true. A, the kids. The kids are all grown, but I still will sit around and watch Veggie Tales. Uh, no, I, I just think. I mean, there was some imagery in there, and I remember very clearly, um, you know, having discussions with the kids about not needing to have more stuff at the house, and and yeah, um, you know, it, it wasn't something that we just brought up out of the clear blue. 
it was something that after we watched the show, it just became part of our dinner discussion. And, uh, you know, I think if you were to, in fact, I'll, I'll check with my kids and see if they were the older two, I think will remember better than the younger one. But, um, if you were, if I were to say Madam Blueberry, they would start singing some of the songs. It is, it is really impressive. Like, so my kids, Kurt, are eight and five. Mm -hmm. So they grew up on not Veggie Tales, but they were really growing up into, um, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was another, another based, you know, another show based on, adding in music and jingles and we would use that a lot and still to this day there's times where um i would say if you're feeling mad and you want to roar take a deep breath and count to four like you just <laughs> it just you remember it and you remember these jingles and i mean again going back danny you, you started off the show with with uh you know the uh constitution one right yeah um and yeah. i mean and the bill sorry yeah. you did the bill did right the bill. and yeah. the, the bill and uh i mean it's it's just really amazing the the melodies that can come come to you pretty quickly. Well, prob- probably our most famous one. You know, we there are silly songs that are what kind of set the tone because those just spread like wildfire. You know, there's the hairbrush song is probably the most famous one. Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, where is my hairbrush? And you know, each show we did we would do a silly song, and yeah. that's literally what it is. If there's no there's no message to it, as it's as nonsensical yeah it's like an intermission in the middle of the story cut away for a little short and it's silly and funny and goofy yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so i still to this day people say oh yeah we were just looking for something in the house yesterday and i started singing oh where's my hairbrush you know or where's my whatever and uh yeah so we don't we don't feel like i don't worry about kurt if if you see my head you you can tell i don't worry about where's my hairbrush too (laughs) (laughs) well but see that's exactly it you know mike uh, when he wrote that, it started with, uh, he was in the shower and he couldn't find his razor to shave. Oh, where's my razor? Came into <laughs> Phil. Oh, I've got a great idea for the next silly song. Oh, where's my razor? And Phil said, wait a minute, Mike. <laughs> kids uh, can't relate, kids, right? <laughs> kids aren't going to, that's not a safe thing yeah, to be saying yeah. about. Yeah, right. Well, what about, oh, where's my hairbrush? Because, you know, as adults, a lot of us are follically challenged. Why do you even need a hairbrush? You don't have any hair. He's singing that to a cucumber, but it's like, half of today's society knows what that means. And so that's the success of these silly songs. There's this double level, double layer of meaning. It's the kid's meaning that's just silly, but there's something, there's some sort of angst in the adult message too. And it is, you were getting at this a little bit earlier, Dana, about uh, with your daughters, the kids who have grown up on Veggie Tales are mm-hmm. now adults. There are colleagues and there are customers in the workplace. And, you know, one of the the women on my team, hi, Christina, I know you're probably listening to this one, uh, told me that she actually took a trip to Boston in the fall <laughs> so that she could uh, uh, not be like the pirates who don't do anything from another uh, from another one of the silly songs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm curious what you might be hearing, Kurt, um, or, or the rest of the gang at, at VeggieTales about the long-term impact, you know, now that kids have grown up on it, what are they coming back and telling you about the impact that it had on them and what they've been able to hang on to? Yeah, I think one of the things that amazes me is it's, um, we're so focused on our shows, VeggieTales, so focused on fun entertainment, good stories, good entertainment. It reaches such a wide audience. I, I hear from people of all walks of life. They're like, oh my gosh, I grew up on veggies. And this is a, a person that that's not some, you know, 
I wouldn't have assumed that. And uh, it's not just a, a certain religious market. It's, it's so many people from all walks of life. And that's part of the, what brings me joy is that, boy, there's people that were just entertained from this and they got a good, a good story, something that they don't have to be embarrassed to be watching or playing for their kids. They know there's good values there. Um, on a more specific note, um, I've, I've spoken at, I speak at quite a few colleges and I'll, I'll speak to a band and I'll, I've had more than once a kid come up and said, I, I'm playing tuba because of Larry the Cucumber and I'm going into music, you know, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for the parents too, right? I do, um, for myself personally, I, I kind of, I pride myself in the fact that I'm, I don't feel like I'm ever writing children's music. We're like when we did, um, uh, Barbara Manatee, it's a love song to a, an albino manatee on a television show. And, um, Larry is singing to Barbara Manatee, you are the one for me. And he, and he's singing a legitimate tango and, we actually researched tangos. Mike and I watched the movie Tango together, which is embarrassing in and of itself. <laughs> to, so I'm studying what is a tango? What makes a tango? The melody, the chords, the instruments, so that there's a depth to the music. And so that's one thing I enjoy is parents say, oh, I wasn't beating my head, you know, beating myself over the head out of stupidity because I hate the music, you know, similar to what you hear for, you know, certain purple dinosaurs, I won't mention names, but um, there's a depth to it that brings families together. And I think there's a subtleness in, I'm bringing some music education to kids. Like they've heard tangos, they've heard polkas, they've heard, you know, all these uh, traditional styles of music and they don't even realize that they're listening to it. We, we spoof a lot of, uh, you know, when we did um, Cheeseburger, another silly song, We've spoofed meatloaf, right. so the the you know the, the singer, singer meatloaf, meatloaf. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> so for the for those of us that are middle aged, go that sounds familiar. And they might not realize there's there's some meatloaf inspiration in there. <laughs> you know, we did one uh, the belly button song. We did um you know we spoofed boy band. So I had to research what's what's a boy band sound like. So so there's these nostalgic feels of somebody that grew up on boy bands going wow that brings back memories. So there's just, there's a fun nostalgia. There's a fun bringing families together because all of them, you know, grew up listening to the things and yeah. And I hear it all the time from, I was literally talking to somebody yesterday that said, yeah, all my kids were grown. They were in college and they were back home and I just heard this raucous laughter and then silence and then raucous laughter in the other room. And I peek my head in and and they're watching VeggieTales, (laughs) you know, and she's like, okay. I I feel safe now. My kids aren't out, you know, partying in the streets. They're at home watching Veggie Tales, bringing back memories. So yeah, it's fun a fun nostalgic trip. And now, like you said, now that we're almost thirty years old, you're now getting the second generation of mm-hmm. oh, I grew up on Veggie Tales. I got to show this to my kids, and it's mm-hmm. just good solid entertainment. Kurt, you you've talked just now about kind of the creative process behind the music. What about the creative process behind the lyrics when you have an intent to teach something? How, how did you go about coming up with memorable lyrics, memorable jingles? Yeah, um, the um, I'll be honest, I am not as much a lyricist as I am a songwriter. Hmm. Uh, so Mike Duraki, who's Larry the Cucumber, 
and Phil Vischer, who's Bob the Tomato, uh, come up with a lot of the lyrics. And a lot of times they've written this, the episode. And so there's a sense of, okay, what is the overarching lesson that we want to teach in this episode? It might be a value. It might be, you know, don't lie or treat your neighbor with love. You know, okay, here's the overarching theme. Now here's a story that tells that. It could be a biblical story. It could be a historical story. Um, it could be a fanciful Dr. Seuss-ish story. Now, what's the what's the learning point? Um, don't lie. Okay, let's let's start building a song around that concept so that we know we're going to have a learning point that gets drilled into the kids. Now, sometimes when Mike will come to me, okay, here's here's some ideas that I have for a song, and he might have a little hook uh, mm -hmm. stuck in his head. Sometimes he'll have you know six or let's say twelve lines of verses, and then a little quick chorus that is two lines long and i'm like i have to then come in and say mike here's here's the hook here's what is really strong we need to repeat that again probably let's repeat it twice in this chorus so they hear it and then at the end of the song well you know a chorus it's going to repeat after each verse but then you know at the end of the song let's reinforce it even again let's repeat it and let's maybe do something instrumental and then come back and do that last line again because i know the importance of, of just you know, reminding over and over. So we're hearing that hook that, you know, what's the most important line in that song? Well, that's going to be the hook that sticks with us. Oh, where is my hairbrush? You know, there's the hook and that's all you need. And you go, oh, I know exactly what that is. So having, knowing enough about the, you know, uh, lyrics and limericks and how a song is structured, I'm going to help uh, reinforce that hook, that lesson that we want kids to walk away with. Yeah. So if I'm creating a song that is is designed to help people learn something, I want to take the the essence of it, that most important critical learning point, probably boil it down as concisely as I can, and then incorporate that in the musical hook. That's going to make it more memorable. Absolutely, and and yes, musically that's just as important. You you don't want your verse to be as memorable as your chorus, mm -hmm. and so. Um, we've already, you know, spouted a few of them off here, but it's that chorus is where the hook is. The, oh, where is my hairbrush? You know, it's like we know that's what we want them to remember, and so we strengthen the chorus. Um, it could be a key change. It could be a, a more repetitive melody. Um, any of those things that help reinforce that, because we know um, that's going to help. And then when you when you bring in, I keep saying limericks, poems, rhyming you know a rhyming scheme we know that that's going to help us remember a lesson or you know something important also um you know and and kids talk about you know learning their abcs or do a deer a female deer ray mm -hmm. you know or you know there's all these different limericks and sayings that we have to memorize states of the you know <clears throat> states of the the states yeah. of the united states those sorts of things are reinforced with music. So, Kurt, what when it comes down to, you know, you're, you talked about lyrics, you talked about some other things, but you also mentioned the style of music, so like tango. And so how does that come into play? And um, I wanted to bring up a story. So this morning I, I read a news article that if, if you guys have seen the movie Encanto, mm -hmm. which is a great film, and the charts 
the music, the the soundtrack has jumped up yeah. to number one Ooh. on the Billboard charts as of today, beating Adele. And um, there's one, you know, the the style of course is, you know, it's based in Columbus, so it's very, you know, it's got a more of a Latin feel. But there's one song in particular that is very Latin influence, and it's let's not talk about. Yeah, we don't we talk don't about talk Bruno. about Bruno. We don't no, talk about no, Bruno. No. Yeah. And it became such a, a thing. So like, what, and that's a, a specific style that is different. And and so and and I read more into it. So I'm curious from your end, how does style play into it? How does that the choice between this type of style that can then further enhance the message that you're trying to um, project? Ooh, good question. Because um, you know, I think I'm trying to remember um, the uh, dance of the cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> was one of our earlier silly songs where uh, Larry is making fun of Bob because he he uh, doesn't dance well and Larry is singing it in Spanish. And um, so we actually riffed on a traditional Spanish song. Uh, Mike's wife is Colombian, so they've, they've got a culture there that they can dig into a little bit. And, um, boy, that's a good question because I wouldn't say necessarily... Oh, this song is going to be stronger if it's a tango or a mm-hmm. rap or a polka, but sometimes it's that tongue-in-cheek. Where, where, uh, let's see, what would be an example? Okay, you know, sometimes Larry, um, he's singing these silly songs, um, and his message. Uh, there's an undercurrent, an undertone of what I'm doing with the music. For example. If he's singing a love song to a manatee or a cheeseburger, in the case of his cheeseburger, we see that as silly. Larry doesn't see that as silly. That's his life. He's taking himself very seriously and this love interest very seriously. So, do I make my music slapstick? Like, hey kids, this is a silly song. Let me put in some slide whistles and make it goofy. <laughs> it's like, no, now we're talking down to the kids. Like, I'm not stupid. I know this is silly. I'm I'm playing into Larry's emotion. He's taking it totally seriously. Therefore, my music is totally serious, meaning it's a legitimate tango. It's, uh, you know, some of these other songs that I've written, they are legitimate in those styles because Larry is legitimate in his feelings. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing to him. It's us peering into this story going, wait a minute, this just makes no sense at all. And we're seeing the humor in that. But So I'm tongue-in-cheek playing off of that because I'm going the opposite direction. I'm playing it seriously so that we can get more humor out of it. So, Kurt, I, I, you know, we were talking earlier about one of the strengths of Veggie Tales, and I would also say like Animaniacs and another one where the, the song of the 50 States comes from too, you know, oh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. good, good examples of, of cartoons that are for kids that also are, are designed to be entertaining for uh, the parents and the, the entire family and also use music to teach facts and concepts and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. how, how powerful that is. But, you know, I've got the the theory that it can go in the other direction, too, right? It's not just making something that kids will learn from and parents will enjoy. I think you can still take that same type of music, that same style of song, and create it just for adults and target it at adults, but be something that kids could enjoy. So, you know, we've made a couple of runs at creating schoolhouse rock style songs or VeggieTales style songs to help people learn basic corporate concepts. 
when we try for that, we tend to be successful creatively, but we are challenged from a sponsor management aspect in that, you know, the, 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 our internal customers feel like, oh, this is very kid oriented. It's not professional enough. You kind of run into some of those problems. Um, you know, how, how would you help me make that argument that this is something that, that could and should be effective for adults to learn? I was laughing because literally two days ago, I was showing my son, well, my college age son, who's yeah. a big Michael Jackson fan. There was from the 80s, a, uh, and I don't know how they got the rights to it, but McDonald's did a, a staff um, worker video for cleaning up their workstations and the whole McDonald's restaurant. And it's it's a total spoof on Beat It. Michael Jackson's Beat It, but it's mm-hmm. Clean It. Yeah, I've yes, seen that. Clean yeah. It. yeah. And that's where we're like, seriously? I mean, didn't anybody <laughs> think through this? Because it's just so nonsensical, stupidly nonsensical. Like, Because they're... <laughs> It's like the, this is legit. They're and we're just laughing at it because it's so poorly done. And that's probably what you're saying is how do we pull this off at a corporate level and make it believable? Um, and that is a good question. I think it, you almost have to look at some of you know what what are some of the uh, you know Simpsons, Family Man, some of these animations, yeah. these styles that adults laugh at because they're just so sarcastic and so dry. It's almost like you have to go the opposite direction and say, okay, we're going to start with the premise that you're going to think you're going to make fun of this. And this is a stupid idea for us to try to teach you a corporate idea in song. So therefore, let's let's start with that fact instead of, okay, let's try to take us seriously. Don't laugh at us. You know, but it's like, okay, we're going to go overboard at the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Be self-aware. That might be the word is self-aware knowing that your audience is going to think this is the cheesiest stupidest thing that you're doing (laughs) so let's lean into that yeah Yeah, exactly lean into that and be self-aware uh and don't take yourself too seriously in that yeah bob what came to mind yeah oh where is my paycheck (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) exactly right which you know I think I, I've answered my own question there is is like many other things that we try, we, we have to prove it. So, um, you know, I, I think probably a good strategy for this. And I'm curious as to if any of our listeners have tried this um, or, or anything like let's just do a small pilot. Let's uh, do a small pilot, play it for some people and then test. Right. So um, here we're going to put some corporate knowledge, some things that we want you to learn into this song, listen to this song. We're going to test you right afterwards and we're going to see how much of it you recall. And then we're going to come back and we're going to test you again, you know, in a few weeks, in a few months. And let's see what the data shows us as to the effectiveness of this. Well, here's another way to look at it is, uh, you know, it's probably the ones that are the least creative is the marketing team or the, or the, (laughs) The team that is, you know, hey, you need to go out and build this. Oh, it's. I, I'm thinking about how VeggieTales started. I mean, here's two, two, you know, college, uh, Bible college dropouts that were touring the Midwest doing puppetry, <laughs> and they like to say scaring the Baptists with their puppets. Um, they were making videos on the weekends just to amuse themselves, and they basically said, "What? 
what would we laugh at? And, yeah. you know, there's so many Monty Python references, especially in the first VeggieTales series, because that's, that's what Mike and Phil listened to. They yeah. just said, and, you know, I mean, we're talking about, like I said before, talking vegetables that have no clothes, no hair, no limbs, telling Bible <laughs> stories. That makes absolutely no sense, and that's why nobody picked it up. They went everywhere to try to get it picked up, and finally a personal friend took money out of his uh, retirement fund to help fund the first show because nobody believed in this because it's so far-fetched. But it's successful because it, it's, it was what these two guys wanted to do. This is what makes us laugh. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Let's make it for ourselves. And because of that, it's college students that get it. They're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is hilarious. There's all these references to Monty Python that no five-year-old is going to get, but I totally get this. And so it's almost like you have to throw all those, okay, let's be creative and let's do something the kids are going to like, you know, and that's usually when you fail because you're not being true to your own sense of, you know, what is comedy for me? What is entertainment? What is story? Yeah. Well, hey, looking at the clock on the studio wall, we're running out of time. So Wait, you haven't even addressed Star Wars yet. That's, I was looking forward <laughs> to this. What's going on? I just realized that. So, you know what? A as we record this, we're right in the middle of the Book of Boba Fett. Kurt, have you been watching? <laughs> no, I, I'm an old school Star Wars. I have not been watching any of the new stuff. I want to now, though, because yes. I hear just wonderful things about the book. Uh, of yeah, Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just haven't had time to dig into that stuff. Yeah, but but my premise would be, you know, I'm of the age as you are. Like, you know, I grew up on the original Star Wars. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean that was junior high for me, and I put a put together a trio. We our first gig was playing for the elementary school Halloween party, and it was like a saxophone and a trumpet and a a trombone, you know, like the geekiest little trio <laughs> that you could get. And they needed a name for the program. Yeah. We came up with Death Star. <laughs> nice. Death Star, <laughs> yes. We were pretty cool. That's but, great. Uh, but uh, I was almost as influenced as, not as Star Wars, but as Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Sure. People forget that they came out the same year the as same Star year. Wars. Yep. And that the music of that was fantastic, which really was a was. Yeah. huge influence on me as a, a composer later in life. Yeah. Yeah. The storytelling that happens in Close Encounters through music, both, you know, literally in world as well as just being the soundtrack uh, is absolutely amazing. Kurt, if, uh, if those in our audience who have not heard any of the Veggie Tales, is there any particular one or two that you would recommend that they listen to to kind of get a sense of this uh, uh, learning through music idea? You know, I think, well, you've mentioned Madame Blueberry. That still stands out as just a really strong show that was in kind of our first canon of some of those original Veggie Tales that just feel real solid. Uh, you know, the animation is going to feel a little bit dated now. Uh, we have two full-length feature movies, uh, Jonah and The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. Um, some people love them. Some people are like, yeah, that's not the true Veggie Tales I grew up on that are shorter format with the silly song. Madame Blueberry is a, a great one. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll stick with that one. Cool. Kurt, how do you get how do you get to it anymore in a, in a post-VHS, post-DVD world? Are, do you know, are they available digitally anywhere? Or? Um, there are, there's a lot of streaming services, which I wouldn't know which ones, but there's a couple 
streaming services that, that you can, you know, as part of your subscription, you get access to all of them. Okay. Uh, TBN is just, um, just in the last two years, we created another 26 new episodes of VeggieTales that all the, all the original creators were on. It's got a little different format, but it definitely feels like the VeggieTales of your youth. Again, that's on streaming services and eventually will come out on DVD, but not nearly, not what people used to know is, oh, VHS, got to go get it. It's like right. it's all streaming now. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see if we can find some links and we'll put them in our in our posts as we get this out here. Kurt, thank you much so much for joining us. It was great to have you. Great to catch up. Oh, yeah, so appreciate. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Great discussion, absolutely. Kurt. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And thanks right, for teaching so... my kids that they didn't need all that stuff. <laughs> exactly. Very convenient for Dana's pocketbook. Yeah. Uh, Someday, Kurt, we'll have you back on. We'll tell the story about uh, why we know the hairbrush song in Russian. But uh, which which we could sing right now, but uh, we'll we'll leave that for next time. So uh, on behalf of Kurt and Jake and Dana, this is Bob saying thanks for joining us on Learning Geeks. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks everybody. Bye bye.